Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RIP Refugees Podcast. Ted here, John here. That was highlights that you saw from DC United's 2-1 victory over NYCFC. We will we will get to that into a moment. But first, we, we need to talk about the travesty that was John Hoffman's pupusas with hot sauce. John, John, you realize that was like an insult to the El Salvadorian community. That you just that you just did there, and you posted it. You posted it to the world. I did. I would do it again, and I will do it again. I'm gonna do it every time I go to the stadium and get pupusas now. So here's the deal, friends, amigos, people who have a problem with this. I did not bring this hot sauce into the stadium. I did not like secretly put this in my pocket and get through security from some extremely gringo place. No, the pupusa stand themselves have only this hot sauce sitting right there on the end of the of the of the line basically imploring you please put on please put on this hot sauce like it will be much better if you do it and who am i to say no who am i to say i feel like i would be insulting their culture if i did not put it on there so i just i i went i went along with it i'm just it's a when in rome situation i said hot sauce at the pupusa stand it's the whole it's the whole package and i'll and i'll stand by that i will fight anyone I'm half joking because I, I need to bust. I need to bring. I need to bring John's uh, John's head, big head down sometimes on this show. If some if someone who is El Salvadorian who who knows more about the culture than either these two white boys do, uh, please please call in and tell me how much of an insult it was really because I'm Listen, not sure. <laughs> they gave it to me. They basically squirted it on the pupusas themselves. I couldn't do anything about it. Someone said it looked like green ketchup, which was a good joke because a it did, and b I love a green ketchup reference in the year 2021. It's good stuff. Jonathan, Jonathan says every time you put green sauce on pupusas, an angel loses their wings. So uh, I'm not sorry. There you go. (laughs) I never will be sorry. Uh, So if you uh, saw our video today, the uh, the 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 pre-orders for the RFK Refugee Scarf, Vamos United uh, on the front or the back, I guess, depending on which way you're holding it. And then uh, the great RFK Stadium on the back with our logo have arrived clearly. I have started fulfilling all of our pre-orders. If you want one, uh, there are there are some left. So please go onto our website, rfkrefugees.com. On the right-hand side, there should be a link to buy, uh, now no longer pre-order, just regular order, uh, our scarves. So they came out really well. I like them a lot. They're good quality. Uh, they came all the way from Besiktas, Turkey. So that's cool. Come to Besiktas. Send us your jerseys. Um, uh, and we'll get those out to you as soon as uh, I go to the post office. I got a big old pile of envelopes over here to mail. So I'm that's now that's me now. I, I'm the guy that goes to the uh, the post office with 57 things, and everyone behind him gets mad. That's that's me now. But that's uh, all. Right. That's your that's your scarf minute on I, on I, RK refugees. I, ha- I have an ad hoc contest. I'm going to add to this. Is it about if green sauce? Purchase, it, no, it's not about okay. green sauce. If you purchase one of our scarves. And you are shown on uh, on TV. I need you to be on on NBC Sports Washington, holding up one of the scarves that says "Vamos United." You fig- you find it, you screen cap it, you send it to me. Uh, when, when I go to Audi Field, which I'm sure will be at some point, uh, you guys you will you will you will get a beer from me. Uh, you will get a beer from me. So uh, first, it's first person who does that. First person who does that. Uh, so that that that's my little that's my little contest. That's my little contest. I'm gonna run. Before we go to the the main event here uh, of the of the show, I just want to mention that we have had multiple comments in support of Green Sauce. Greg Koch, Green Sauce fan. Uh, Jonathan M. That's a joke, but he also I think probably likes the Green Sauce. 
And then Dan Duckwitz, who was with me while I was doing this, doing the said crime, uh, also also understanding about the green sauce. So we're, I've got another one uh, from Asthmatic Ten on on Twitch. So I I really believe that I'm in the right here. <laughs> we should have a Twitter poll. <laughs> oh, uh, and, uh, Kevin Hernandez wants to know that if we get two beers, if the RFK refugee side is showing. Luckily, because we are genius marketers, uh, the logo is on both sides of the scarf, so we can't go wrong either way. Uh, so just the one beer. I'm sorry, uh, one one beer per per scarf showing. If you're wearing the t-shirt, our old t-shirt and the scarf at the same time. That'll be two beers. So it's, it's like two beers. It's like that's, that's, good, the that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. I, I like the two beers for the shirt and the scarf. And you got to get on TV. Us. You got you got you got to hold it up. You got to get on TV. You got to figure out a way to do it. So and right now it's very challenging to get on TV unless you are a transparent uh, tarp that goes on the, <laughs> that covers the seats. <laughs> well, they well they do the crowd shots. So that, that's more what I'm talking about. They're they're gonna do the, still do the crowd shots. Post-goal. They're still gonna show the fans and everything like that. So. Um, so, so absolutely, that, that's my challenge. Hey, you got to be the first person to do that, and you got to send me the screen cap. I got, I got, I got to see proof. I need to see proof of this in, in order to get the beers. So it's the first fan, first fan to do it. All right, John. Uh, before we get into to to our actual main event, um, I feel we would be remiss in not joining in the world soccer discussion. Uh, I, nothing. MLS was the only big thing to happen in the world of soccer, right? It, it was MLS. At least that's that's what I think. That the biggest thing was the MLS opening week. That, that's that's what I think. There was nothing else going on. No, no, no European rich European owners that were, you know, suddenly deciding that they wanted to, I don't know, break away find, and find and found their own league uh, and decide they want to make something like the uh, like like the NFL in Europe uh, is, is, I guess, what they're going for here. Uh, but they did that. And that's not a big story. Not at all. No one's mad about it. No one's burning jerseys, I, nothing. I've not seen mainstream pundits like Nate Silver talking about soccer for the first time ever on Maine. And, uh, you know, that's not what happened. Matty Iglesias did not have. It was a real, it was one of those days. I think Charlie Bohm was like, this is this is the day of hell when everyone who is not, doesn't know nothing about soccer decides to opine on it all day long. So that was, that was tough. But I'll let you go first. I, I feel pretty damn strongly about this, and I'm I will keep my keep my feelings to our time constraints that we're looking at here. Yeah, yeah, and I and I feel I feel strongly I feel strongly about it too. In that it is, it's not a good idea. It's a bad idea. What it, I mean, you're talking about clubs like Arsenal and Tottenham and Man United that have struggled. This is a way for them out. Um, it, it, it's a bad idea. It's a bad idea on multiple fronts. I am starting to think, considering how hastily it's thrown together, how quickly it was done, how they kind of came up with this formation, at first I thought it was a complete breakaway. I'm like, oh, they're completely breaking away. They're breaking away from everything. Then I was like, no, 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 it's just replacing the Champions League. I think that's a dumb move. If if you want to break away, you break away. You say, we're we're breaking away completely. Now you're saying, well, we're still going to play in our domestic leagues. Despite the fact that it completely nerfs the English Premier League, like what's the point? You think you're going to still what? play in your domestic league? You, yeah. you would like to still play in your domestic league. But if it happens the way that happens, like number one, the Premier League's going to be absolutely upset because let's face it: once you get the titles decided, what else is there to play for? Like what else is there really going to be? You're going to have essentially the top six teams or the top you know ten teams where basically they're already guaranteed a spot in Europe. So it, it's it's an absolute mess. It, the rollout is bad. I feel really bad for the players and the managers. It, literally, it, it was Liverpool and Leeds today, and the first question that Jurgen Klopp gets asked is about this league, and he and he he knows it's coming. 
Yeah. I mean, he knew probably he woke up in the morning. He was like, oh, my God, this is what I'm going to have to talk about for like. So, I mean, I, I think this is going to I think I think it's going to bite the owners. I think they're going to be players that are going to say, I want out of this. They're going to be, co- I think, more maybe not players, but more managers, I think, will say. Kla- I can see Jurgen Klopp was already sort of thinking, you know, maybe I've done everything I can can do with Liverpool. Maybe I'm going to leave. And I'm a Liverpool fan. Um, and, and this this made me, this made me, uh, for the first time, I think, kind of question. And, and honestly, I'm, I'm, I was already kind of trending that way in, in a lot of respects. Uh, you know, there's support, lack of support for a women's team, the lack of resources they put, they put to that. A lot of things were kind of starting to add up. And I think this might be it. I think you're, you you seem like you're it, but. Um, you're it on this. Yeah, no, I, I could go, I could do a whole segment on this and I won't do it. Suffice it to say, I am a Chelsea fan. If they do this, I will no longer be a Chelsea fan. This is the embodiment of all that is wrong with soccer, uh, with sport. I'm a romantic about sports where there are things where I can feel like this transcends the pure dollar bottom line. Everyone here is a customer experience of sports. That's where I get excited. There are a few things like that. I think the Champions League was one of those things. I think the meritocracy of European soccer is something that is laudable and something that really brings a lot of people to the sport because it's so different than American sports. And that they, this maybe was always inevitable, but the fact that they did this in a time where everyone is hurting economically is so craven. It's, uh, someone said that, I was talking to someone today and they were like, they basically Atlas shrugged them. They're they're just taking they're they're going to their island where only the makers can enjoy the 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 their bounty of goods and I hate that it is exactly it is the most <laughs> it is the most libertarian soccer move of all time uh, and I hope that I hope that it falls apart here in the next week I think the fans are going to stuff it I don't know if they'll actually be able to but they're going there's gonna be, I, I'm I'm curious if the noise that's going to get generated is worth the squeeze because they're still they're still making money with Champions League. They're just not making as much as they would like and they want to guarantee that they're going to make as much money as they'd like. Th- two thumbs down. I hope it doesn't happen. Yes. Uh and I if if it does happen, I'm no longer going to follow Chelsea at all ever again. To, to to bring this to to sort of an MLS perspective. I will I will say one thing. I will say one thing. I I I and let me be clear. I am not talking about all European fans, there is a specific segment of fans, of 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 people, who on Twitter, on Facebook, will go to the MLS board and lament about, oh, you guys are doing it wrong, you know, oh, Europe has it right, Europe is absolutely that's that's where true soccer is. You are no better than us. We 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 are we are we are fans of a closed league and a closed team that is run by a rich person. You are the you are in the exact same boat. Who I wish is yes. Who I wish was richer, by the way. <laughs> we all we all do. We all do. But you are not. You are no better than us. You're no better than me. I'm no better than you. I get. I. I. It literally bugs me to death when people like have romanticized Europe as this like band uh, grandiose. The, if you are paying attention, if you're paying attention, this has been happening for years. The Premier League was a breakaway league in the first division. The Champions League has gotten to where it's literally just the best, the the, the top quote unquote teams that play. When uh, when Ajax made it to the semifinals, they completely shut off a lot of them. They had to go through two rounds of qualification to make it. The reason you don't see teams like Scotland and Rangers in the tournament more, some that's financial, but is a lot to do with how many legs they have to get through to get to the Champions League. 
this has been this has been a long time coming and, and this has happened and the reason I, I i've started to think like why is it like i don't get excited like i i used to love to watch you know the champions i used to love to put it on now it's like i'm just seeing the same teams over and over again it's not interesting and that's really you're gonna see them a lot more now with this thing yeah oh absolutely and we'll see if it happens i i think i think the backlash i think the back the strong backlash I think you're going to see at least a couple teams. I think I I heard somewhere again. There's when this type of thing drops, and the way it was dropped, I think there are rumors just flying everywhere. It is it is like catnip to social media engagement to just tweet about this. So I I heard I saw Chelsea and Man City considering dropping out of it. Yeah, and I, I think a large part of that has to do with the uh, w- with the sort of response. Now I will say I, I I've 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 listened to some podcasts. There's a lot of financials driving this for some clubs, clubs like Juventus, clubs like AC Milan. Yep. I think Grant Wall brought up, he said, you know, it's a, he he's talked to executives out there and they're like, we have to compete with mid-table English clubs for players. Like the Premier League is just so much money is going in there. And those teams are trying to spend everything and we have to compete with them. And and we're, we're just tired of it. Barcelona's in a huge financial crisis. So there's a lot of this sort of driving that. Uh, that thing but it's it, it's it's bad it's a bad way to, it's a bad way to go about it and i will see what happens this is a this is a massive coup by the the literally, rich billionaire owners a literal coup basically a, a literal coup against uefa dropped right as the season's coming towards the name which to me i think adds to it i think if they do this at the end of the year there's a maybe maybe they get away with it i think the the way they've gone about it has almost been worse than the act than what they're actual doing. Yep. All right. So. Let's uh let's get to the let's get to the thing yes. everyone's yeah, here we're for. We're done. We're done with that. We just want to talk about it. Everybody's talking about it. We had to talk about it. Let's talk about where where everything's nice, warm, and sunny. And that is in DC United land. DC United, uh 2-1 victors over New York City FC. Uh, I feel like I talked a lot on that, John. I'll, I'll let you lead with this game. What what were your thoughts? Give give me give me some raw emotion, my friend. You were there at the game. What? Give, you start. Let's start there. Yeah, let's, let's start, start there. there, man. Uh, so I was I also covered the spirit on Thursday uh, for for the Challenge Cup, which we'll get to at the end of the show, and that was awesome. It was great to be in the stadium and see live soccer. So that on their own was was great, uh, but no fans there at all made it a pretty kind of a weird experience. I would say being in the stands for a real soccer game for my favorite club was awesome it made me feel like life was somewhat normal again it made me feel like uh it sort of just it just all the considerations of of what everyone has been thinking about for the last year for 90 minutes went away and it was just about the game on the field and it was tremendous uh i missed being an audi field it is uh weird to be there with 25 percent I'm hoping that changes pretty soon. I also went to a Nationals game this weekend because I, I'm crazy, and I've decided that I'm going to come out of my cocoon all at once and do all the things. Uh, but uh, same thing there. Like I feel like there's a lot of space to healthily stick more people in the stands. I think that there's, in these open air, I mean, obviously I don't get to make those decisions, and there's lots of political considerations for how many they uh, allow into the stadiums in D.C., uh, but it feels, being in there, right, being in there, everyone's masked up, even though you're outside in an open air space, uh, I feel like there's there's lots of room to still sit people comfortably and safely. Um, the concourses are not that packed, uh, so I think that'll change pretty soon based on the way it felt there and based on sort of the trend numbers of, of vaccinations and infections and all those things. So, from that perspective, uh, being being there was awesome, and I, ho- I hope that more and more as more people get vaccinated and feel comfortable going, and as tickets go on sale, do yourself a favor, do it. 
just just mm-hmm. just to just to feel normal again for even 90 minutes it's it's really worth going if you can and now let's talk about the actual thing <laughs> the game experience ted let's let's get started there you, you wrote a you wrote a really good write-up uh on, do we want to do it like a, do we want to walk through it uh well, sequentially or do you just want to well, sort of big picture it well, well, first thing, first things first. We can talk a little bit about my experience watching the game, which was a new experience in that it was on NBC Sports Washington, uh, which uh, it it was beyond refreshing to sit down, turn on the TV, and I understand that there the team did not do a great job communicating, and it seems to me they've according to according to uh, Ben Bromley at Black and Red United they have fixed the issue so to speak um this this happened probably very quickly for them and they probably weren't maybe they weren't you know they got still got people doing multiple jobs so i'm I'm gonna come a little bit of slack there um but there was a little bit of confusion with it being on nbc sports washington plus it you know some some people have cut the cord they have youtube tv which doesn't have that i i have cable so i was able i just turned it on watched it the broadcast was beautiful it looked professional it looked nice the lineups were great Everything just looked like it was a professional sports uh, sports broadcast. And that is that is something that I haven't seen in like six years. And so I was very, very happy about that. Um, you know, Dave Johnson was great. Devin Mattage is great. They're always great. Uh, but it's so nice to see like a broadcast that just looked like it what belonged on television. Um, so that so that I just wanted to quickly, quickly do a side there. Now let's uh, let's talk about the game. Um. First fifteen minutes, very very rough. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's even talk about the lineup. So we we yeah. did a we did a yes. live we did a live preview show, which I don't think we published because the audio was extremely bad because I was on AirPods next to a speaker in the stadium, so it did not uh, come out the way we'd like. Um, but we we heard the lineup and we saw the we saw uh, Tony Alfaro starting the game. Donovan Pines not making the bench. Um, I'm trying to think. Were there other were there, uh, Joseph Morris starting? I don't think is what we necessarily anticipated. Um, I, I I anticipated that as the left wing back. I, as the left wing back, I, I thought he would be out there in some capacity. And then we talked um, about Eric Sorga taking the spot of Ola Kamara. Mm-hmm. Um, we I, I think both of our confidence in a result waned a little bit at that point. We thought that there was going to be a lot of goals scored. It seemed very much like a makeshift defense. Um, well, I I think my I what killed my uh, I think I think what killed my you know, idea that this would be potentially a win was when I realized that the, all three center backs that were healthy were out there and mm-hmm. Pines pick up an injury, which I don't think we were expecting. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about him. We'll talk about uh, Tony. Uh, yeah, we will. we will. I'm about to eat some crow. It's going to happen. <laughs> you are, but uh, we'll talk about him. But uh, yeah, I think we all saw the lineup and we're like, oh man, there's like, there was like 10 players injured. I had a friend from Richmond, like the first few minutes, say, "What is going on with DC?" And so I had to tell him. I said, "Look, they've got like so many injuries. Like everybody is injured, basically. Like there is multiple four, first choice players that are injured right now. They're playing a new system. It's probably like I, I was I, first few minutes. I was prepared for like absolute massacre. I think at that point. So, um, but yeah, lineup not great uh, and kind of dented a lot of expectations for the game. Um, saw the goal." Let's talk about the goal because I think the goal was. Uh, I think I, I I saw that goal and I was like, "This is going to be a long night." Um, and I was also upset that I'm I'm pretty sure that's a foul on Castellanos. I, I don't know if you have the same. I was at the far end of the. That was far end from me, so I I, I had no. I couldn't tell. I've 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 watched it several times, and I think maybe it was. I, I saw it the night of, and I'm like, he goes two footed into Brandon Hines Ike, and then Brandon Hines Ike plays it into the goal. 
and he goes two footed. So he basically tackles him and causes him to lose his footing. I, I looking at the replay, maybe I can see them saying, well, we're not, it's not clear and obvious, you know, that Castellanos doesn't get a touch on the ball. Therefore, you can't necessarily review it. I, I thought maybe they should have given Ted Uncle a second look at it. At the end of the day, it worked out. So I guess I'm not too upset. But I, I think it, it, at the end of the day, it kind of rejuvenated the side. But um, uh, bad ball, uh, sort of Asus Medina, there is nobody covering the left side. I think maybe uh, maybe Mora would give a little bit of the blame there. Uh, the team was caught very, very much sort of on the on the right side of the field. The left side was, com- uh, left side was completely wide open. Uh, and I think Tinnerholm finds, uh, basically plays the ball in the center. Brendan Tide Ike is tracking back. Castellanos slide tackles. Uh, ball hits the post, goes across the line. Very clearly, no, no, no debate about that. And maybe that's why it didn't get VAR because they're like, oh, it's clearly across the line. That's a goal. All right, move on. But um, yeah, so not not a great way to start the game. And I think you were probably sitting there in the stadium. At least I was thinking, it's like this could be a long night. We could be in for uh, for a, for a very very long day. I and went for my I went for my second beer shortly after that first goal, uh, as lines were none. So I was like, I'm just gonna go quickly go nab this beer real quick. <laughs> this could this could be I could need this. But then I think I really, the game sort of really turned around, and it was really a matter of. I think it's important to notice this too. So the for the first 15 minutes, it was chaotic without any positives, right? However, it's going to be chaotic. Now, I think that is the standard form for a pre- for the pressing style that want that we want to have played here. Do not anticipate a lot of ponderous time in the ball. Do not anticipate someone just standing with the ball and trying to think about what's going to happen next. Not going to happen. If you looked at the possession the possession stats for the game in a game that we won was like 37% for DC United. DC United completed around 50% of their passes for the game. Those numbers, if you looked at them in any normal format, you would say, we lost this game by a lot of goals, and we need to fire this coach already. Uh, but we won, and the, we actually enjoyed most of the game. That's the style. Like, the conventional stats that you're looking for, the way that you would normally measure success, you, you got to throw that out. It's, it's new now. We're, we're looking at something different. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I and I think I think the... The biggest thing I think I found was this. I was I was very happy at this is how I've always thought. It, it, I've had some idea this is how DC should play. I am after watching it fail with Richmond, after watching it fail with Ben, I have been uh I have been very much wanting this team to be realistic. I want my teams to be realistic about who they are and play to win the games. This seems like this is something that uh that that suits this team for the players that they have um and it seems like it's not it's not a complicated way to play we're going to lose some games and i think i think paulo mara brought it up we're going to lose some games playing this way but i am excited because and and i even my uh i sat down to watch the game with my wife and she was like you know i think they should go out and you know sign somebody like wayne rooney again they should go out and get some big name and then she's out and watch this game and she's like no no no, this is good i like this like this is fun this is enjoyable i'm having a good time watching this team it's not like a, a barrel of sadness um over and over again so um, I, I i think that's what that's what we kind of came away from this game it's not perfect we can talk about how you know again they got goals from a a a wonder goal from a center defender and another goal from their defensive midfielder player, Russell Knauss. But those goals felt very different. And, and the same thing happened last year. But those goals felt very, very different. It felt like it was earned, not just like a random thing that happened. Like when you talk about that TFC game where they were just resoundly beaten 
and then they get a quick goal off a set piece, and then somehow, uh, you know, uh, Higuain's open in in space and suddenly chips it over, and it's 2-2. It felt like they earned this win, where before some of their wins just kind of felt accidental. The second game against Inter-Miami felt accidental. This time, they felt like they they may not have, like, dominated the game. They may not have won possession battle, but they, but they, they did what they executed their game plan. They executed what the coach wanted them to do in this game, and they got the victory. Yeah, look and at our that, look at the episode. The, the episode title comes from the post game uh, comp, uh, post game speech on the field uh, with Hernan and the team. Um, uh, we're going to be an effing annoying team to play. We're going to we're going to f we're going to fs up basically. We're going to be uh, we're going to be engaged. Uh, we're going to be we're going to be we're going to we're going to run run you down the entire game, and we're not going to be fun to play. And that's how we're going to win. I, and I think that's you know that's. I don't want to say that is reminiscent of the philosophy underpinning Benny ball, by the way, it is about how do you take these players who, you know, some of them have, obviously there's talent there. Obviously this is a good team, but uh, the salary is not huge. The, there aren't a great number of difference makers on their own. How do you turn that into a winning team? And it's about mentality and style of play and having the, having the legs to not stop having the legs to continue pressing when other teams have to stop. They weren't there yet, and I think the fact that the 10 injuries hurt, the choices of the players that he had to make because of those injuries affects it. Also, he you know talked about multiple times throughout the year so far that uh, we don't, uh, we're not ready yet. We, we need to get there. And, and I was listening to Roach's podcast today with Charlie Bohm. Uh, there's going to have to be some personnel changes to get all of the guys that can play the way he wants like that. He is trying to, he's cooking with other people's ingredients right now and trying to make it work. And he made it work against New York city FC. Um, there's going to be times where it doesn't work. Uh, but I think it's, I think it's going to be exciting because we know this is what we're going to get. I think this is what he's going to, he's going to roll this game out against anybody. It's not going to be, all right, well, we're playing LAFC this week. So we're going to be, we're going to go into a five man back line, more of a shell. We're going to absorb pressure and hit him on the counter attack. No, this is it. This is DC United now. This is this is what we're going to roll with. Tactically, there there are some people that could say maybe that's a bad decision to never really tailor your tailor. And there might be small adjustments here and there, but I think this is what we're going to get. I think this is who mm-hmm. this team is going to be against, no matter who they're playing. And, 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 and you know, the team seems bought in. I think I think getting this win was really important. We we all saw the articles about you know fitness, him lamenting the fitness, him you know. Doing all the things about, you know, talking about you know, doing the, you know, what what an entry to make to your new team. Um, and I think what he I think what he is showing, like you you saw that postgame interview after that game. I would be like, Jack, like, let's whatever we're doing, let's keep doing it. I mean, you're talking about a team that had an absolutely miserable 2020. Everybody's back. You, you have a guy who goes out here, tells you, here's a way we're going to play. It's successful. You get a win. That's really important. You're you're seeing the results maybe before you even expected to see the results. Um, I think for the fans, it was huge. I, I think everybody left that game. And I've had some people try, oh, well, you know, we didn't get any goals from the offensive side. Who cares? Who Right now, who cares? I, I'm like, okay, Eric right Sorg is playing. Eric Sorg is your forward right now. <laughs> Eric Sorg is your forward. But, I mean, I will say, if you think about it, Gressel was playing wing back. He wasn't part of the front three with Assad, Flores, and Sorga, but he is an attack minded player. He gets the assist on the corner kick. Eric Sorga does some excellent, excellent hold up play 
to keep the ball to sort of crowd the the New York City defense finds Moreno. Moreno does an excellent job sort of muscling off. I, I think it was Tinner home. I, I wasn't sure in my article who it was, so I didn't I didn't write who it was. But and then uh, he finds uh, he just plays the ball into space, and then Brandon Heinz Ike has, has a moment where he just uh, shatters it. Not nominated for goal of the week, and we will. We can talk about the anger anger that that is. I guess it's hard when like literally every game had every game that didn't end zero zero had some sort of like world class goal. Um, but uh, yeah, go ahead. Let's why don't we why don't we go front to back and talk about the players' performances? Sure. We'll start with Chris Seitz. Um, Chris Seitz made a couple saves in the second half that kept this a, a result. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was an opportunity. He got beaten on that first goal, not his fault. I think he tipped the ball onto the crossbar, one of the earlier shots. I think he got a finger on it. He did, yep. He got a save to that, for sure. And I think he made two saves late uh, that could have been goals. So those were, you know, what you want to have as a keeper is not making any mistakes and making the saves that you should. And um, he did that. And he made he made one save that he probably shouldn't have. So I, I think you can have no complaints. Chris Seitz will be a, a completely adequate fill-in uh, for Bill as he gets better. I think there is, I, I'm no, I have no concern. I have no concern about us continuing to get results from him. No, no he, he excellent, excellent save. Um, I, I will say, you know, I, I think even though there was that good save, I do feel like towards the end of the game, I was like, you know, I'm not, maybe I'm just like jazzed up, but I'm like, I'm not worried about this team getting result. Like I remember Ben Olsen games where it was like, we're up two one and it's like, we're holding on for dear life. And like you go out and you, you watch, um, you watch, like Bill have to make like five saves, four saves inside ten minutes to keep this game two one and to hold on to the victory. Uh, this felt like this what this team was doing and it was was very excellent was sort of pressing, pressing forward. They were pressuring, 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 and really gave uh, gave New York City fits towards the end of that game. They didn't generate a lot of chances in the second half, but they kept. New York City from generating those chances, um, and I think that was that was some significant. And like, but like you said, one one good save from. Uh, from, from a couple good saves at least from yeah. uh, from Chris Seitz. We uh we have we have Angus on the line who I uh, happened to meet walking back to my car. So <laughs> hello to Angus if you're on the line. Hey, I'm I'm here. You guys hear me? We do. Yep. This, this is a way to this is a way to hear um, the show. If the uh, YouTube goes down, you could just call and be on it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> no, I'm watching on Periscope. I saw I switched over. But... Awesome. I thought the I thought the game was really good. Um, honestly, I, I think Heinz Eich is kind of shaking that analytic thing that was against him earlier in the season. Yeah, um, where he was underperforming in all those uh, all those MLS traits that we want center backs to have. Um, the goal, of course, was fantastic, right? Yeah. But I liked seeing both midfield. I liked seeing the midfield actually pushing up. And one thing I noticed being at the game. Um, was actually Sykes in the back kind of commanding everybody to move up. As soon as we cleared that ball, he was on the defense, on the back line, on everyone who was back there to push that lineup to to get people going again. And even though there were a lot of misplaced passes, the ideas were there. And something that I saw different from this team than I had in teams past was the ideas being there and the heads of players moving around all the time looking for those options that I didn't see when Olsen was in charge last season. Yeah. And, and Russell has talked about that in, in interviews uh, coming up to the game, basically saying that, um, 
you know, the changes aren't only uh, for the attackers or the defenders. Like midfield uh, is going to have a lot more to do in this system, and he's going to have to run a lot more. And he basically said, uh, we we are all dead now. This game killed all of us, uh, but <laughs> I, I am going to be able to get more into the offense. And he is... Uh, he, he obviously did. I think he's he's going to step up more. He's looking to pay more positive passes. And, you know, I, so did Junior Moreno, really. there's not It's not like one of them is the stay-at-home defensive midfielder and the other one gets to play forward. It's that everyone is – no one's tied to that back line. No one is, no is going to hit the, uh, the midfield stripe and not go facet. So I think that that's – if you want to create overloads, you have to have more people in the box, and that includes those two defensive midfielders. Yeah, I like, I, and Mora did have, yeah, yeah, and Moreno and Mora both played in a much more advanced position than they had in years past. Too, both had those those shots from outside the box as well. Uh, I think Mora's went over the bar, and Moreno's may have got deflected for a corner or something along those lines. Um, Junior Moreno had a shot on target, folks. Let's be clear. Certain that, off that, the that, year that, rate. Lasada's a genius for for figuring out how to get him to do that because. <laughs> He said to calibrate. It, yeah. <laughs> Took him two years to calibrate, but he's calibrated now. But uh, uh, Angus, how are you feeling about this, uh, this upcoming game on Saturday? you feeling like we keep the momentum going on the road? Oh, yeah, I definitely think so. I really like the matchup against New England. I think, again, we still have that element of surprise on our side. Yeah. Um, that we did, that we did, that we, that we had, everybody knew what we were last year, right? Everyone knew the bunker was coming. Everybody knew we were going to try to play that long ball to try to get in behind and counterattack, counterattack, counterattack. But now nobody really knows what we're going to do. I mean, the way we got beat this this week and we conceded was we overloaded the one side. So maybe they'll try to force that. But if I remember correctly, we were playing really narrow at the time. We got beat and then we adjusted to that and started playing a little bit wider. And that's where all of our chances came from as well. So it's not like we're set in stone, but we have we have our ideal, we have our ideas, we have our identity, which is what Losada has been preaching, pretty much the entirety of this preseason cycle, and we're going to try to implement it and be that annoying team to play. Um, one other really major thing I noticed between the two regimes is that Losada grouped all the players together in that huddle where that quote is from, right, and talk to the team right then and there at center field, which is something that never happened. If I remember, if my memory serves me right with Olsen. And so I think he's really trying to build something not necessarily more professional, but something a lot more co cohesive and something a lot more intimate with the team, you know, building that kind of nucleus and family aspect that I don't, that was there obviously with Olsen, but what isn't, wasn't there to the same extent. I think I think that was I would say that that was definitely there with Ben Olson. I think that was one of his strong suits that he was able to inculcate all of the people into that into that bunker mentality at all times, and that the world was always against them. I think that there's a different tone in that. If you listen to small sample size here, but like if you listen to all the post game remarks, the stuff in the huddle. It's very much like imploring this team that they have to believe, telling them they have to believe, swearing and telling them that they have to believe. <laughs> uh, and Ben, I think Ben was much more put his arms around the players and say that we're going to do this together. We're going to get through it. And, and I feel like Hernan is much more preaching a vision and saying, you guys stick with me. I understand you don't like all this running. <laughs> I, I get it. 
but you're going to have to do it. And once you get through it with, with me, we're going to win because this is the way to go. So he's got, he's a man with a vision instead of a man that's in in the foxhole with you. That's that, that's the difference I see early on from the, like the big um, tonality difference between the two coaches. That's at least my take. Ted, what do you think? I, I think, I think you, yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head there. I, I think you hit, you hit the, I, I like the analogy. He's in, he's in the foxhole. Ben was in the foxhole. He's more of a person sitting there outside the foxhole with, you know, you know, gunfire firing at him. And he's saying, let's go forward. We're going to do this. Let's go. Yep. And the question is, you know, I, I think Ben got a lot of credit for his ability to sort of connect with players, be a, be a player's coach. Uh, I, I don't think Lasada is a player's coach, but I see, I see more of a willingness to lead. And, 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 and I think a lot of that had to do with how Ben got the job and, and how he didn't want to ruffle feathers. You know, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to, you know, piss off your whole team, because then, you know, then you, they say, well, get this guy out of here. He needs to be fired. You, the locker room turns on you and you're gone, basically. So and, and I think that's ultimately and I think that's different with Lasada. Lasada comes in here. He knows what he has to do. He wants to be he wants to be the coach. He applied for the job and he wants to be here. Uh, so I think that that is that is the ultimate difference we're talking about here between the two. Yep. Yep. Angus. Angus. Thank you for calling, man. I appreciate it. I'll see yeah. you. I'll see you next time. Yeah, see you guys then. Yep. 202-709-8441. Call in if you want to talk about this game. We 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 are imploring you to talk about calls. So let's talk let's talk Russell Knauss. I don't know if we have a time to get into every single position on we, this field. I, I wanted to make sure that we were working from the front to back. I want to apologize for Tony Alfaro. Uh I was giving yes. you so much guff. Uh I call calling you a guy literally a body uh and you played very very well mm-hmm. exceedingly competent uh fits very well for the system uh has has the speed the pace the body size uh, and was able to press without making mistakes so i'm gonna shut up tony alfaro good job i i wouldn't want i don't i don't I, you know you, you quitted yourself well in a temporary start um, that's all, that's all we could have ever asked for you. I think that I compared you to Axel Schoberg last week. Axel had a couple of starts and did not show well. So D- a difference of a guy who had to, who had to go on trial to get here versus a guy who got traded sure. here from a, from a USL very team. clearly like I wanted to live in Colorado. I hate DC. Get me out of here. I, I don't really, maybe he liked it. it. We don't know him too well. Maybe it, we, he did, we but. don't know, but I, it, it tends to be so, so, so Tony O'Faro, great job. Brent Heinzeich was Brent Heinzeich goal. We already talked about that. We'll talk to him um, hopefully later this week. So stay tuned on that. Stay tuned on that. Uh, Fred Brilliant, I, 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 you, I was like, oh yeah, he was out there too, right? <laughs> I don't really remember like anything major he did. I, I don't. Couple clearances. Uh, yeah. He got he got hit. He got hurt a couple times. He was. He, I think I I don't have the defensive stats in uh, in front of me. I could maybe bring them up while I'm talking. Uh, it seemed like he had a lot of headed clearances. It seemed like he won. He he was he was doing Fred Briant things. I think Fred is generally uh, competent back there, and 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 it will win will win the balls and get them away and not make a lot of mistakes. So, um, I don't believe I don't believe his time is done. I don't I don't believe he's cooked yet. I think he was up for this against his former team, performed well. I think we're going to keep seeing him. I think the decision doesn't happen until Burnbaum returning sometime in June. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you do with that fourth center back? I think Brendan Heinzeich is going to be there. I think that Donovan Pines needs to be there for trying to understand what he's going to be for this team. Also, I think they help fit really well for the system. It's just a question of Burnbaum, 
Birnbaum will obviously come back too. So what are you going to do? That's a problem for June. We don't need it right now. It'll be good to have multiple options. We have Eric on the line. We're going to move. We're going to move right. right we're, I guess Julian Gressel would be a person to talk about next. And Eric wants to talk Julian Gressel. So let's jump right into that. Eric, how you doing, my friend? Uh, I'm doing great. I was at the game. Um, uh, I was sitting pretty far up and I was yelling pretty loud, which is why I sound like I'm. <laughs> I was about um, to say that. I was about to mention that. <laughs> I was like, wow, you must have been yelling. That's all I can tell. Yeah, no, no. Uh, John, if you were at the game, you probably heard me. Um, <laughs> so uh, uh, I want to talk about Julian Gressel. Um, uh, all in all, I love the performance the guys gave. Really impressed with the new system. I, I think that it really plays in the strengths of a team who, uh, aside from center backs, can't really uh, break the six-foot uh, uh, mark. Um, so, you know, long balls over the top, no bueno. Uh, so winning balls in transition, short, quick passes, lovely stuff. What really impressed me, uh, and I'm sure if anyone, if you, you watch the game, you saw uh, uh, Gressel serving up balls like on a dime. Uh, a number, I mean, it did always work out, right? Uh, it just so happened that um, uh, the one that made it to Canals, uh went in. Um, but all throughout the game, he was, he was he, uh, or at least the first half, um, he was putting balls really, 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 in really great places. And I'm like, oh, man, if only we had a little bit more uh, soccer IQ. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, if he's not getting it right on the money, I guess that's, that's part of his soccer IQ not quite being there. But really impressed with him. What really sold me on him this game <laughs> was uh, how amped he was getting. Um, I don't know if anyone else saw that, but but uh, a couple of corner kicks, he was yelling to the fans and then waving his arms and, and really trying to get everyone involved, which is impressive when there's only 4,500 people. <laughs> right. Uh, so. I noticed that yeah, he was he was pulling the he was he and Russell Canals were spitting splitting Felipe duty and being like the hype man and uh, doing the doing the this to the fans and pumping them up and stuff. Gressel, this was Gressel's best game as a DC United player. I don't think it's close. Yeah. Uh, he was as advertised. He was his Atlanta self. Uh, so he got an assist. Uh, he only had three last year, I believe. So one for one so far. He was dangerous the whole time. He did not uh, He did not show major signs of tiring. He was, it was, I, you know, he's the guy we signed and paid a million dollars a game for. That's a, that's a, that's a, you know, you're writing that name in uh, the lineup first or second every week, at that at that at that particular pace, uh, that play style, and that 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 effort. He's playing yeah, a position. The, the defensive, the defensive work rate was just insane. It was like I was like, who is this Gressel? Where was he last year? This is amazing. He was. Um, he I put the training in for sure. Team could really. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I'm gonna uh, head off the air because I'm actually uh, eating dinner, but. Uh, Thank you all very much. Y'all have a lovely rest of your evening. Yeah, thank you for calling. Enjoy your, din- enjoy your dinner. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for calling in, man. I like Eric. Commitment. His voice is hoarse, but he still wants to call in and talk to you. Yeah, let that be a lesson to all of you who are not calling. <laughs> that man had half a voice and called in. So He called in to want to talk about Gressel. But Gre- yeah, I, I, he looked I great. The, he looked so he good. He looked great. He also, I some of it I could could be the fitness. Could be I think he talked a lot. Maybe he he got his pride hurt a little bit. He's like, oh, this coach doesn't think I'm fit. Well, I'm going to show him. And then it's like it's like the reverse psychology thing. So well, um, great that that works. Like I don't <laughs> I don't imagine that's going to work for every player. I think no. that, that'll be something to no. watch throughout the year. Like there is, uh, you can you there, can you can be captain ha- captain hard ass for everyone, and it's not going to work for everyone. Some people are going to tune you out. 
Some people are going to want to leave. Some people are going to double down and try harder. And those are the guys you want. That's that's the dream for Lasada is to have uh, 30 Julian Gressels that respond yeah. and react to the challenge. And, and I think I think Julian Gressel's a, co- a player who, you know, when he was in Atlanta, was not guaranteed a spot every week. You know, he had to sort of make his way into this team. So, I, I mean, I, I think he, he looked great. He was playing in his natural position, mm-hmm. which is sort of on that on that wing and that wing back. He was played in 2020 as an attacking midfielder, which he he's not. And I, I it's gone back and forth whether he wanted that or whether it was Ben pushing that. It's gone in 2020. There's a lot of things about this team that I don't think we'll ever get 100% answers on. Um, but I think when he's in his natural position, he seemed engaged, motivated. Uh, look out. I think he's a guy, maybe not a lot of, everybody's talking about Flores. We'll get to him. Yep. Everybody's talking about Assad. Not a lot, not a lot of people are talking about Gressel. He, he didn't come up in, I, I can't remember him coming up in a lot of the previews. Uh, Ariola was, was, was also hogging a lot of that light. So uh, I, I, I think he showed himself very well and he has a tremendous opportunity uh, to sort of make a staple and to, and to sort of get those, uh, get those names in there. I think he needs a couple more, you know, game, game, game type moments that, that we saw in Atlanta to, to sort of elevate that. Um, Do this every week, Julian. Yes, if you can manage. If you can manage, you're. This is fantastic. This, I, I, I'm confident every week with that. Um, so we've got Joseph. We've got we'll finish up backline, Joseph Mora. So yeah. you. I, so I, I was. You know, there was a there was a question of could he would he be a wing back player? Is he strictly a left back in a four back line? Uh, is he does he have the legs to to play up there the whole time? Uh, I believe he took a shot. I think he took mm-hmm. a shot on goal. He had a great run up the center. Uh, I think he had the most dribbles completed. I look at the stats. He had some of like the most dribbles three. completed. Yeah, three. Yeah. So that I mean, uh, it's it's great to see players that perform outside of the box they've been previously put in, and that mm-hmm. show you that they're complete soccer players and have skill sets that have to be respected beyond just where they're at. So again, uh, that's great depth. There is a question, you know, this is a future problem again, similar to but sooner than June. So backline is our June problem which will probably resolve itself by some sort of injury because it always does. Uh, but when you get Ariel back and you have Julian Gressel playing at, at this form, uh, wh- wh- what are we thinking about from a wingback perspective? Is it going to be, because uh, there was there was speculation before, I've seen some people say, Gressel could play left wingback and Ariel could play right wingback. And then you could have two exceedingly lethal wingbacks. Do you think that's you think that's the way they go or did they find another spot for him Uh on the field. I, I don't know where else you put him really. I think if Mora is playing well and right now, like we'll, we'll talk about, I mean, the offense, Edison Flores, Emil Assad, and Eric, even Eric Sorga had a great, you know, had some moments, but they didn't, you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't pen them in as starters. Right. Non, non irreplaceable from this game. So I, I, I could see, I mean, I could see them throwing, uh, Areola in a more advanced position. I could see that happening. I mean, really, Ariola, both Ariola and Julian Gressel are going to be incredibly versatile in this position. They can move. You could push them up higher on the field if you wanted. Uh, you could get the magical, what we all thought 2020 would be, which would be Gressel and Ariola just absolutely owning the right side of the field, switching off between wingback and, and winger. I, I think Julian Gressel is more of a wingback. I think I think Ariola might actually fit, fit in more as a winger, um, more as a right winger. I, I could see that happening. Um, I think I think it is going to be 
I think we're 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 in the tremendous opportunity moment. Last season was everybody got injured at the everybody got injured as the year went on that necessitated things. Now we're already injured. Guys are going to be getting back healthy. Now that it becomes a problem of how do you fit all this in, it becomes a good problem because now you got guys getting healthy. You start slotting them in. Now you have guys that were you were you were penning into starters, Paul Riola, Ola Kamara, that now are going to have to fight for positions. And that creates competition. And when and when this team has had competition for spots, that's when good things happen. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a long while. Uh, 30 players on this roster. We didn't even mention that. Like, when's the last time DC had 30 players on their roster? I think I think they might have looked at... <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. And the last two were signed in the last couple of days. So even without them, it, we were closer to a full roster than we've been in a while. But... Yeah, I mean, with the body with the body count we've got going on, it was certainly it was good. To, it's good to have extras. Mm-hmm. Um, Yamil Assad, I thought was okay. I think he was gassed at sixty minutes. I have, as of course, have, as as have mentioned now numerous times, mm-hmm. lost out on my parlay with them because Yamil did not score because Yamil didn't shoot. Really, I don't believe uh, he was not. He, he was not. Um, I think we I think we learned we learned in this game who the who the non fit players were coming into the season. Yamil was out it at was, sixty it, minutes, according to the coach. He was he was dead on his feet by sixty. Yep, and uh, and Edison Flores was not. Edison Flores kept hustling for ninety minutes. Okay. That he didn't contribute offensively, but that was significant for him. He had his best game. I, I know he's had a goal and an assist, and he's had some moments in twenty twenty. This for me though was his game where I'm like. You know, if he can put the offensive stuff together, we have something here. We have our five million dollar designated player. Well, that's where that's where you're, that's where a national team star for a South American team like he he's not going to be. I don't think he's going to be struggling for fitness. Like mm-hmm. uh, if you if Emil was a starter for Argentina, he also would probably have the have fair the enough, have the lungs enough. for it. So I think that that's. But you're right though. Through the through the final whistle, he was continuing to press and, and be effective. Yeah, he, he had a great defensive play, and then he was on the press managed to win the ball and basically shave off those last few minutes. Yep. Um, he was, he, and Perez was also, I mean, a huge part of that as well. So I'm jumping around, John. I know. Uh, John's like, no, we need to, we need to move. We need to move this. Let's talk Russell Knauss. Cause we haven't given him his due. Yeah. Man of the match performance from him. Um, he also, we also, he also won the, uh, Lasada's what's our, what's our correct hustle and Hernan. Hustle and, uh, yeah. Hustle and Hernan are, are branded. Our <laughs> refugees branded a, uh, man of the match award winning, uh, well, I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna win some sort of uh, internet award for coming up with such a great idea. I'm sure the the official man of the match award went to Brendan Hans Eich for the team. We are giving it to Russell Knaus, uh because he had a monster game defensively. I am I am so excited for him because he was a player who came in, and I think it was the um it, it was the last game at RFK, and I saw him pass play a beautifully passed ball that opened up so much space, and then uh, it found Ariola for that first goal. And I said, that guy can pass. That guy can play. I mean, one we, we, we had sort of, the, it was sort of the, we didn't have a lockdown center midfielder at that point after Perry Kitchen. Perry Kitchen's a, a fine defensive player. He could never figure out how to move the ball forward. And I said, Russell Knauss has that skill. And, you know, he got moved to the right back late 2019. He got, and I feel like, you know, he hasn't really had a coach who's really put him in a good position where he can be successful. He is going to fit in wonderfully. I think he's going to be a better fit than Gressel in that in that position. And sort of that pressing forward, we saw his ability to pass the ball. We saw his ability to press forward. And we saw his ability to sort of lock down that center midfield. I am I am looking forward to the Canals 
Moreno center midfield tandem that we saw b- briefly in 2018 because they played a half press in 2018. Now they're playing a full press. So um, I think their style, the style that Hernan is trying to do is going to fit those two players in particular very, very well this year. Um, so I, I completely disagree with Matt, with, uh, Matthew Doyle's assessment that this system does not fit this team. I think the style of playing a press, regardless of formation, uh, fits this team. And I think it fits players like Russell Knauss and Junior Moreno. Yeah, un- undoubtedly. I think that, uh, you're going to see because of that, because of that, the nature of Knauss' change in this position, I think you're going to see better out of both him and Junior Moreno. Mm-hmm. I think that there, there have been, you know, Rich comes to mind. Uh, there are there are fans that have their minds set on Junior Moreno. I think that this system is going to hopefully change that a little bit. Uh, I think he was he was more, and, and honestly, if you look at the data, Junior Moreno has always been a decent passer of the ball, uh, and I think I think he just basically is continuing to do that. Um, yep. We talked briefly about Asad. We'll just skip him. I don't think he was a factor really in this game. Eric Sorga. So, uh, Eric Sorga for me was playing in some way. Not necessarily the defensive forward uh, Connor Doyle role under Ben Olsen, but he was about that press. Like he, his job was to press and to hold the ball up a little bit, as much as holding the ball happened on this on this team and in this this style. Uh, he was back to goal a little bit. Uh, he did. He ran the channels. He was always the one pressing on the goal uh, on the keeper to to try to make a bat to, to force a bad pass out of the back, which I think is probably pretty. Uh, integral to the style of press that they're doing. They want to make sure, particularly on teams that want to play out of the back like New York City. He was effective at that. I thought he, uh, you know, his shooting boots were not on. I think there was an opportunity he had to shoot and he, and he pushed the ball out in front of him a little bit too much. I know he wanted to shoot. Uh, he looked, you know, phys- from a physicality perspective, he looks MLS ready. Like he looked like he belonged from a physicality perspective. He did not seem clinical to me. I did not. I, I, he never really seemed a threat to score, but he had the he had the lungs for what was being asked of him, and his critici- the criticism of him in the past has been that he is not tactically astute and wouldn't do what was necessarily the coaches were telling him to do and would sort of go off the game plan. Did not seem to be a problem. It seemed like he did exactly what he, what he was supposed to do until he was subbed off. I think in like the seventieth minute. More, more, uh, more Hernan magic. I, I am. I, 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 all of the fan base is, is sold on Eric Sorga and I am, I remain, he, he did his job at pressing. You talk about his lack of ability to sort of be, you know, I think for the, for what DC was trying to do in this game, I think he did his job. Well, I think they, they were not trying to reinvent the wheel. That's not going to work over a 34 game season. We need a clinical forward. We need a yeah, guy sure. up top up top who can score goals you know when he'll and, be good do you know when he'll be good is then when we're up up two to one early and then you're making the sub the other way yeah if nigel I, if nigel played and ran that for 74 minutes and then eric comes on and is that and is that level of press and level of physicality that's perfect shut down forward defensive forward it, it, it is refreshing you talk about nigel bertha he came onto the field i don't i don't really remember much he did in the game um, I, I remember a little bit more about Adrian uh, Adrian Perez yep. than I did about Nigel Roberta. I will say though, it is refreshing when you talk about depth in this team. That despite having ten players down, we have two players that are sort of competing for that for that top spot while everybody gets healthy. Maybe Ola Kamara comes back, and then it becomes three. Yep. Uh, right now we have we have one forward position, and and we have uh, only a few slots that really where players can fit in it. So Angus notes um, that uh, Nigel won both of the headers that he went up for, and he's also six foot tall. 
So yeah. that's good. I, I do remember the headers. He was playing. Uh, he was not really pressing towards the goal. The the they were a little not really necessarily pinned back, but New York City was definitely pr- pushing for that goal, and he was probably hanging out mostly towards the center circle a little bit beyond that, such so as where the where the play was. But I, I look forward to seeing him with more than a week of practice uh, and an opportunity. Maybe maybe in New England, he's he gets to feature a little bit more, and we see a bit more of his skill set. Yeah, I'll be curious to see what the lineup looks like in New England. I think that's I I, I don't think this lineup is set in stone, and, and I think I think with the way that uh, the way Lasada wants to play, rotation might actually even become necessary. Oh, for sure, God, uh-huh. <laughs> absolutely. Particularly when it gets hot, when it comes summertime, yeah. if you ride if you ride these horses like that in in June and July, and don't make subs next game, you're gonna have twenty. You're gonna have nine players available because you're gonna have 21, <laughs> 21 soft tissue injuries. And I think that me even necessitates why they have thirty players in the line, thirty players in the roster. It's like you know we gotta we gotta fill up that roster because otherwise, yeah, we're gonna need players are gonna need rest. Um, so DC is not gonna be a not not gonna be a good fantasy team. <laughs> no, not, right. not 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 that you have to. It's not a set it and forget it thing. Uh, yeah. for sure. We we should we should briefly mention, of course, uh, the wonders that is Andy Nahar returning to the field. Yep. I think we talked we talked about all the starting players. We talked about most of the subs. We mentioned them at least. Uh, we talked a little bit about Essen Flores. I think he's the one we really highlighted in the game. But let's talk about the return of Andy Nahar. Uh, I, I I had one of my more like viral tweets being like, there are people out there that say. Uh, a rebuttal to people that say that you know he's washed up, he's lost a step. Shut up. Um, I think that's the that's the that, that that's the response I have to those people. Um, it's great to have him back. He is he is going to be a role player on this team. I I am I everybody criticizing him. I'm like, well, we're, I know what we're getting with him. I know we're not getting Andy Nahar of 2012, and I, it, that's not what we're getting. But if he fills a role, if he plays that wing back position, which he that's his position. He plays that he that that was his sort of he started out as an attacking midfielder and shifted more towards the defense. He was a, became, he was left center back though last like he he was playing towards the middle and uh Perez was still in the wing back, right? I, but, I believe so. Uh, that that might have been the case. So he yeah, he he didn't have he had uh 2 minutes plus stoppage. Uh I think he may have touched the ball once or twice. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean it wasn't 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 too much. Cameo. I mean he he did his role and he he came out there. I will say though that I he was he was thrown out there because he's experienced and DC had no center backs. Right. I I, I do not. It's still weird him. that he's a center back. Yeah, he played there in the preseason too apparently, and I think it's weird and I don't like it. Yeah, I, I think that it's more of a depth depth thing, and you know, hey, uh, if, if it gets uh, him on the field, right. There's the Seattle defender who can uh, knew who I think who 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 is playing center back now and can sort of and just basically runs from center back. So maybe we'll get some runs from Andy. It's just good to see him back in the DC uniform. Um, it's good to have him playing at Audi Field. I want all the players, uh, almost all the players who had to deal with RFK, and, and I feel like Andy's back. Um, I will say that you know, and I think someone else brought up a point. I can't remember who. Uh, none, none of the homegrowns made an appearance. No Kevin Perez. No Griffin Yao. Uh, Andy Nahar was the only one who was out there. That's right. That's Technically injury. still counts. Technically still yeah. homegrown. Uh, I, I think that'll change. I think I think uh, that'll change. Per- I, particularly in the summer, I think it was uh, uh, Roach was talking about it today with Charlie Bohm. Like uh, you're going to turn it over to the to the young guns when you are when it's 93 degrees with a uh, 90 percent humidity. Like all right, boys. <laughs> and- and, and and the situation. I mean, DC's down. I think Griffin Yao goes out there instead of you know. I, I think- over Kamarni. I don't know, maybe not over Kamarni. I think Kamarni Smith maybe makes that, but I I think the players, the reason you didn't see players like Perez, Yao, and 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 Kamarni Smith, 
is due in part because the team didn't need to wasn't chasing the game. They were just trying to hold on. Yep. So you you necessitates players who maybe understand that role a little bit and who can hold down the game. You were more likely to see Moses Nyman than any of those attackers. That was that was a potential thing. But unfortunately for Moses, and the thing that's going to continue to be a problem for him is the two players that play his position are are fit are very suitable for this formation and for this coach. So it'll be very challenging for him to displace them in the long term. It'll be an injury situation that gets him back in there or international duty that gets him in there because those guys guys are going to be fine, unfortunately, for him. Good for the team. Bad for Moses' playing time. But overall, I mean, I think we we, we can close this game up by saying, you know, great, great result. Uh, An interesting experience as a DC United fan to see this style of play uh, persistently being pushed throughout the entire game. Seeing how much problems it caused for New York City was was enjoyable, I think, to watch as a DC United fan. Um, And I'm eager to see how it uh, it continues to evolve, particularly with more of a choice from a roster perspective, but also on the road. Are we going to play like that on the road? How's that going to work out? Will that be will that be as successful as as it was home? We'll find out. It 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 succeeded in getting me excited about next week. Yeah, and and All that is something for, right? we haven't had in a in a while, probably in a couple of years. Being excited for the next DC game, and I think that that's the job it needed to fill. And that's I don't know if this can hold up for the rest of the year. I don't know if this will this will be everything, but it, it gets me excited, and it gets it gets the fans excited. Everybody everybody was excited about this team now. So yeah, it's I mean, good, it's good to see. If you just look at, I mean, our, the if you from our perspective, you know how we judge that as as, as viewers and and people engaging with us on Twitter and everything else, uh, we'll just say that having a team that is a playing that's right off right off the bat <laughs> is good, uh, but also is exciting and interesting and, and attacking is helpful to us. You guys are excited about it, so that makes us excited. So uh, we'll, we're going to preview uh, the show on. Well, you'll have our Thursday. Uh, episode was going to have uh, I'm trying to get his name quickly before uh, Jeff Lemieux who is the staff writer for the New England Revolution their website the official team will be on uh, to talk about the game coming up and we'll also potentially have a player interview which we will discuss once that's confirmed but I wanted to make sure we talked about the Washington Spirit this week they had an, they had a, <laughs> a really exciting win uh, in Audi Field on Thursday uh, I, did Ted did you have an opportunity to watch the game I did. Okay, I good. did. I, I had an opportunity to watch the game. Um, it was first half was rough, real rough, <laughs> real rough. So uh, from from the press box, it was very cold, uh, and uh, it, it appeared that ever all the players on the field were like, "It's very cold. <laughs> we're not. This is on. Um, this is uncomfortable and bad." Uh, they started with a three three man back line. And it did not work at all. Uh, Ashley Sanchez was ineffective. Trinity Rodman was not getting the ball. Ashley Hatch had a lot of the ball and was actually playing pretty well at, at holdup. She's she's a physical player, and it was suiting her that style of play and that possession. Her and Tegan McGrady were probably the most challenge, most uh, most uh, dangerous players in that half. Uh, but it, the the game changed. I would say Louisville was not much of a threat. They had two or three opportunities that were really the result of turnovers, of really kind of embarrassing turnovers. Um, uh, by I'm trying to make sure I have it right. By uh, Sayori Takarada, she came basically got off the flight from international duty, was cleared for COVID protocols, and then played center back. And it wasn't it wasn't fantastic. So I think that she I think she will get better with time. That's all. That's also not necessarily her native her, her, her like best position but she's what needs she's what with all the international absences for spirit she had to fill in there yeah and i and i think i think what we've gotten so far from these two games is that trinity robin is a stud 
she she is going to be a a great player for this team. Uh, it came we we saw the goal against North Carolina. She gets the assist. She uh she I think she showed that she belongs out here on this field. Uh, she she's one of the youngest players to be drafted, one of the youngest Americans out there. Uh, she deserves to be out here on this field, and uh, she played exceptionally well. She's played exceptionally well in both her both her appearances. Uh, the second half definitely turned a little bit. I thought Ashley Sanchez looked better. Yep, she gets the goal. I think that that that's good for her confidence to get her kind of back onto the uh, back onto the same page. She got uh, hit in the head with the ball like three times in the first half. So <laughs> I don't know. She just kept being unlucky. Clearances kept smashing her on the side of the head. Yeah. Uh, but really, the the change to a four man back line in the second half. Tori Houston was much more effective uh, where she was, where she was, uh, and they were able to take the ball uh, and control the ball in the midfield much more than they were in the first half. Uh, that was that was the what you would want to you'd want to have more of that control against an expansion side that has some holes in it. And Racing Louisville is not going to be contending for uh, for a trophy this year. They're just they're 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 new. They have they have you know they have talented players. You know they're you you cannot look past. Uh, you can't look past Yuki Nagasato. You can't look past um, Savannah McCaskill. Yes, and both those, she played well. Both, she had, she had a good they game. both did. Nagasato should have scored. Um, mm-hmm. They got they got they got let off a couple times, but overall, you, that's a game you expect the Spirit to win. They're playing with uh, some major absences uh, from that mm-hmm. roster, who will be in the starting lineup. Uh, speaking of, you know, Emily Sonnet, Andy Sullivan, Kelly O'Hara, all pretty much guaranteed starters. Um, so they're still clicking, right? They're, it's a, it's a, it's a preseason tournament. Richie is for the most part treating this like a regular seat from his, from his player selection. Like he's, he's running out the same names. Like this was on a quick turnaround and I, he may, I mean, I think he made, he made a, a few changes, a few, but for the most part for Kumi didn't start, uh, Halferty did not start. Uh, and Julia Rotter did start and came in as she was a, she was a sub, she was supposed to go 90. She went 74. Um, you know, I think they had a sh- they had a short bench as well, so we'll we'll see. Um, I, I they they play again, I believe, against Orlando at Orlando. Um, mm-hmm. when's that game? That game is on the twenty first, and then they return uh, for the final group game on the twenty seventh uh, to newly titled awesome. Gotham FC, um, at Audi Field. Game. So I, I'll be interested to see what the the they sort of the same period between games. Uh, they got a little bit longer. They've got a full. They've got about a full week. Uh, before they play Orlando, so and they should have, I believe, all of their American players back, their complement back. So that yeah. might be your first chance to see what the real spirit first eleven looks like. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, I, I think right now you got to think the courage are probably the uh, are probably the top still. You know, uh, somehow of, of, of that group, probably, and, and it's not a it's not a playoff. It's a top teams go to the final type thing. Um, so I mean, I, I think Richie probably hope he's realistic in the fact he's like, look, we're probably not going to make the final. But you know, let's go out there. Let's let's put on a show. I, I Stay think healthy. I I could see him saying, you know, when you, when you've got a home game in front of fans, you want to you want to make sure you go out and you get a win. You so I think maybe that's what we saw. Maybe the first game he's like, okay, we got North Carolina up first. Let's put out our best lineup. Let's try to go out and win this game. We win it. Then we're suddenly thinking about that final. You know, now, you know, you beat the best team. You can think about that final. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. Now he's like, okay, now you know we're we're in there. But I mean, I think he's still treating it like a preseason. To get ready for the season, because the main event is where the season comes in, and that's where you you really hope this team can sort of put it together and and, and maybe make a run for a trophy. Uh, I, I think this team has the talent to do that, and I think Trinity Raman, the fact that how quickly she's adjusted is very encouraging. Get Ashley Sanchez, get Ashley Hatch on board. 
the Bailey Feist uh Yeah, that injury sucks. Injury is is bad, but the team has the depth to manage it, I think. And you can you can Yokoyama as well. I, I think she she has an opportunity to to be something uh be something big too. Uh so I, it's gonna be a fun to watch. All the teams in DC will see about Loudon. But all the all the local <laughs> teams and Richmond's great too. Richmond three nothing went over. No, I see. I had to drop it in, John. Three nothing went over. New put, England, put it all in the New bucket. Revolution two. <laughs> Julia Julia Rotter, by the way, is a player that I uh, that I suggest looking at. She played center back. She played midfield. Very very talented. Really 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 like uh, uh, safe with the ball. Very very strong uh, with the ball. So I, I I do I do think that you get all the players back. I think Richie's going to continue to try to push to play this formation that he wants to play and try to stay away from going to the comfortable form, the four man formation. Uh, either way, however it goes, uh, I think that this team is in a position to, to challenge. I think that there's, there's really, really, there's talent all over the field. So absolutely be, be on the lookout for their next game against Orlando. I bet if there's a game where he's likely to start more younger players and see what they've got, it might be that one, and then and then save the and save the best choice eleven for the home game against Gotham, which will be in front of fans, which you can buy tickets for as of now. Yep. at Audi Field. Yep, absolutely. All right, folks. I long think... show, everybody. That's what happens. Yeah, long when we show, have, man. When we have calls and we have great games to talk about. We have a contact game coming up on. We got the uh, the the spirit on Wednesday. Let's go ahead. Let's run through run through a quick real quick for people to to know where to watch. We got the uh, spirit on Wednesday. I think that'll be on Paramount Plus. Yep. Um, I'm pretty sure that, that that's where that's going to be. That'll have, there's a trial for that if you don't have it yet. Yeah, I think there's a seven-day trial. Go sign up for it. Honestly, I'd pay for it. they got a lot of soccer content. Uh, I don't know, well, with the thing we discussed at the beginning of the year, beginning of the episode, I don't know how, how much soccer content they're going to continue to have, but I think they've got the uh, the Argentinian League now, Argentinian too. Argentinian League. They're going to have the Brazilian League. They've got the World Cup qualifiers. So you're, yeah, you're buy it. Just subscribe. It. Just throw them your money. You don't have a choice. Throw them their money. Support support the NWSL. I think yep. is the big thing. You know, show them. You know, they 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 monitor what you watch on that. So if you're watching NWSL, they're going to want to invest more in it. That's that's how they kind of do the the keep it keep it going. So definitely do that. Uh, then of course we got DC coming up on Saturday at eight. I'm pretty sure it's usually the time they do in New England. So definitely check that out. Uh, I might put some more money on DC to win. It worked out for me this time. I actually won like my first sports bet. All my sports bet like crashed and burned, and this one actually came through for me. So, so I've, I've got to not bet on Yamil the score. That's that was my foolish because I was trying <laughs> to boost the, my. I would I would have told you to bet on the defenders, man. I would have said bet on like Heinz Ike or Canal. You would have not told me to bet on Heinz Ike to score. You liar! Shut up. Yes. By the way, confirming eight 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 p.m. start for that. So eight p.m. Uh, start. So uh, we'll also make sure to join. Make sure to listen to the Thursday episode where we go through the preview of that show. Uh, that's always a that's always a helpful lesson to you before you go into the the weekend with the game. So yeah, we make talk sure to people who actually know the teams, and we try to watch too. All right, guys. Uh, Arthurevergies.com. John tweeted the uh, or, or teased the promotion we got going on for the for the uh, for the scarf. You can also, for the Patreons and everything like that, join the Patreon, patreon.com slash rfprfds if you want to get in on that action. And uh, we will catch you guys on Thursday. Almost. Almost.